Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this big Disney at Work podcast. We are overdue with providing you so much insight, and we have major worldwide parks updates to provide you today. And this, our Disney News on Parade. In fact, two events have occurred this week that gives us important insights as to how the Disney parks are doing worldwide and maybe how we ought to be all moving forward in a different way. Last week, Disney CEO Bob Chapek shared insights and fielded questions around the previous difficult quarterly report. Then this week, Josh Diamaro, the chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products, provided a state of the parks address at IAPA in a virtual conference presentation. From new construction, hotels, restaurants, entertainment, one-of-a-kind ride vehicles to once-in-a-lifetime anniversaries, every park around the world has something going on. That plus other announcements provide us a very big Disney News on Parade edition for this week. We'll cover it all, plus offer insights you can't get anywhere else. So join us for this major worldwide Disney Parks update. And at the end, we'll share with you some take-home uh, souvenirs um, for how you might think differently about your own circumstances right now, as well as the future. It is a difficult, dark time as the pandemic rages forward and continues to consume our attention, our activity, not to mention the economy, not to mention politics, so many things. But is it possible that we could find a light at the end of the tunnel and move forward? Let's see how Disney is doing just that. First of all, let's get the bad news over with first. Financial results were significantly impacted through all of the Walt Disney companies, but the Disney parks themselves experienced an operating loss of $1.1 billion. This was due to significant incapacity and closures to especially include Disneyland and the Disney Cruise businesses. Both reports both Chapek's and Josh Diomaro's emphasized how debilitating it was in particular that given the current situation in California that the Disneyland Resort could not open and do the same thing that is happening in Disney parks around the world. In this context, Josh Diomaro noted, quote, our industry is hurting. Referencing, by the way, his report to IAPA, which is the theme park industry. He goes, our industry is hurting. It's hurting from the presence of COVID-19 in our communities. But unlike some industries impacted by the pandemic, our industry is here to stay and it's here to grow. You know, that's a very interesting statement to make because if you really dissect the industry, it's a carnival. It's just the carnival. It's not, it's not, it's not food. It's not transportation. It's not housing. It's not a basic shelter or need. It's, it's a want. 
not a need. And yet, Josh comes out confident with the idea that people are wanting what they and others in the industry have to offer. And he paints that image up front. Now, I just want to say this. This is part of why I put this podcast on Disney at Work instead of my Disney at Play podcast. Remember, my Disney at Play podcast focuses on all things fun and fan-like. Disney at Work focuses on best-in-business ideas that you can apply back to your own industry. I don't know what you do for a business. I don't know what your industry is, but probably it's more relevant and more needed than a carnival. And yet, if, if, if Disney can have the attitude that we are needed, how are you possessing that same attitude with your own business, with what you have to offer in the marketplace? Consider that possibility as we get going here, because I think it's, it's a fascinating paradigm that Josh is working on. That, and, and you know what? Here's the truth. They have the proof from surveys and other things happening from people who calling up that people want to come back to the Disney parks. They want to have opportunities to be on the cruise line, which we're gonna talk about a little later. They want to have these experiences and they're willing to pay what is not a cheap dollar to do it. You don't probably charge as huge a fee or uh, markup as Disney does with its products and services. And, and yet your product and services is probably even more needed. So why can't we have that same can-do attitude moving forward that we are needed, that, the, that what we offer in the workplace is important and is needed? Well, at any rate, that was, that was the bad news. They've lost a ton of money. They have lost a ton of money. But the rest of the podcast podcast that we offer here is largely really great news. In fact, what was said last week in the quarterly report is that Walt Disney World, Shanghai Disneyland, and Hong Kong Disneyland all achieved a net positive contribution for the quarter. Um, um, they achieved a revenue. What, what, what a net positive contribution for the quarter means is they achieved a revenue that exceeded the variable costs associated with um, with reopenings, with reopening uh, the parks. Um, so that's that's pretty impressive, and um, and we're going to see it even play out further as we drill down into the individual parks. In fact, we're going to start with Walt Disney World, just in terms of performance. Walt Disney World shows that booking trends um, that that while you know, mind you, they don't have a lot of their resort um, offerings open. For instance, Disney's Art of Animation Resorts is currently closed. Um, All Star is closed. Polynesian, for the most part, is closed other than DPZ and so forth. So a lot of things are at reduced capacity. But that said, it was noted in last week's uh, presentation the park reservations are 77% booked for quarter one, meaning the next quarter. With Thanksgiving, uh, actually quarter one is this quarter, I apologize, they end in September 28th. For this quarter, park reservations are 77% booked for, for the first quarter, and that Thanksgiving week alone was booked close to capacity. Again, in the middle of a pandemic, 
they're still seeing a lot of demand. And they show that there are two dynamics going on that support this. First of all, park operators are becoming much more efficient. Uh, for instance, um, recently plastic dividers, and we hope to showcase this very shortly in one of our upcoming podcasts, plastic dividers have been added to the rise of the resistance vehicles uh, to allow more people to be in the attraction in a safe uh, safe, uh, manner um, and to increase capacity, which means allowing more people. In fact, Disney, Bob Chapek announced last week that they are moving from a 25% uh, capacity to a 35% increased capacity. And what's helping them do that is a more intelligently engineered solution for how to accommodate that six foot social distancing need that that needs to occur in the parks. Now, it's not all perfect. I think they were trying it out on the boats and in the frozen attraction at Epcot, but with all the spray of water, I'm not sure that those plastic dividers are working. I'm not sure that it's as good. Well, we'll give you a report when we do Rise of the Resistance. I think also um, the same thing is happening on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. They're adding more plastic dividers. But anyway, lots of things like that are allowing them to increase capacity, and they're going to move toward that an increase of 35%. The second is what they noted last week is that demand for the parks around the world shows the love guests have for the parks as well as for the IPs represented, the intellectual properties represented in those parks. It also shows a solid track record for managing um, the parks during this COVID uh, period. Now, lots of things were presented this week by Josh Diamaro in some video footage that was taken in specific things that were uh, confirmed by Josh. We want to go through all of those starting again at Walt Disney World. Let's start at Epcot. Uh, Ratatouille, uh, Josh confirmed that this attraction is on track for opening in 2021. Um, more, We know that more uh, information about this attraction is going to come out later this week in a special D23 presentation. I don't know that they're gonna announce an opening date. Now, I have to say, of all the things I have badly guessed on, the thing I badly guessed on, worse than ever, was the possibility of doing a press event about this time of year um, in the October-November timeframe that would present Harmonious, Space 220, and Remy's. The fact of the matter is that didn't happen, didn't come close to happening. And it obviously, it's not that I'm bad at guessing Disney press event events, uh, upcoming press events. It's that I'm very bad at guessing COVID. Who would guess this this thing is going, well, I mean, scientists have, but but really there is so, uh, I think we're all a little overwhelmed by how this thing keeps coming back to us as a, as a pandemic. And so... I think, in fact, I think that's why we don't have a better date than just 2021 uh, for Remy's. I know some other sites had said, oh, you know, they're not, they've completely stopped on Remy's. I've never thought that. They're not going to finish out the exterior, but not do anything to the interior. And in fact, I had seen footage a long time ago, photos a long time ago that showed the interior was well underway. So I knew that wasn't the case. 
But what the date is, I don't know. I don't think we'll know until probably into January because I think people are, I think executives at Disney are trying to see how long lasting this this latest wave of COVID is going to occur. And I think they're also trying to see how quickly these new vaccines are coming into view. So I think that's part of that. But notwithstanding, there's a great picture. And by the way, you must, 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 must go to DisneyAtWork.com and check out the um, show, uh, the post for this podcast because we have a lot of photos, a lot of video that showcases all these things. And we show the sign of Remy's Ratatouille Adventure being added. We also show some really cool footage of the ride vehicles for Guardians of the Galaxy to include, um, to include the actual track um, and its assembly in the, um, in the show building. And we also show this video of how uh, these ride vehicles work. The, the footage shows what is kind of an omni-coaster vehicle in action which rotates as it makes its way along the track. Remember that the Omnimover is a ride vehicle that traditionally directs the attention of the viewer to where uh, Imagineers want to focus your attention. That's the side benefit of the Omnimover. The real benefit of the reason it's called Omnimover is multiple movement is the idea that everything is chain linked. So everything is moving at one given time that it never stops like Mr. Toad's or Snow White's Scary Adventure or Peter Pan's Flight where it stops, boards you, and then keeps going. It always keeps going. And and for the most part, many of these, like the Haunted Mansion or Buzz Lightyear um, or the Little Mermaid attraction at, at Magic Kingdom and Disney California Adventure, turns the vehicle um, to direct the attention of the viewer to where Imagineers want to focus your attention. Um, some Omnimovers though, I mean, technically Space Mountain is an Omnimover, but only once does it actually ever change as it goes back down, uh, to the bottom, uh, as it, as it goes back down the hill from the top of the sphere. Um, by the way, this has also been played on Pikes of the Caribbean Battle for Sunken Treasure at Shanghai Disneyland. They also have created an Omnimover boat, which kind of uses magnets to kind of turn the boat around to focus the attention. Well, at any rate, now this is being played out in a roller coaster style attraction. And you can see the footage of this on my post. And what I would say about this is I noticed that the that the coaster looks pretty smooth. It 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 seems to it seems to move along quite nicely. It does move around. Would you have a different experience on Rock and Roller Coaster if your ride vehicle could move left and right? Not sure. But what they do say, and what Josh notes in the presentation is, quote, at Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, also part of the transformation at Epcot, we're creating a family-friendly storytelling coaster that will feature a groundbreaking ride system with vehicles that rotate 360 degrees and can even do a reverse launch, end of quote. Take that as a hint as to how it's going to launch. And imagine how cool that would be to suddenly catapult, but do it backwards. And to the 360, 360, it feels a, um, a little bit like the Dinoland ride when you see the footage. And at any rate, long and short, 
The right vehicles look cool. They move cool. The track looks cool. Everything's cool about this attraction. Uh, what was not talked about, but was seen in some footage, was uh, um, the windows of Space 220. Remember, this is the restaurant that is also coming to Epcot. Um, they show some Imagineers in the foreground, and then you see these big panels looking out into space and conversely to Earth below. And the panels don't look very large. They look like large screen TVs. But if you actually study the pictures that we have, you'll see the tables in the foreground where people are sitting. And I think it will begin to help you understand just how big uh, those those are speaking of big another thing that seems to be huge is harmonious which josh shared would happen in 2020 at epcot um quote it will celebrate how the music of disney inspires people the world over carrying them away harmoniously on a stream of familiar disney tunes reinterpreted by a diverse group of artists from around the globe harmonious will feature massive floating set pieces custom-built lead panels, choreographed moving fountains, lights, pyrotechnics, lasers, and more. And what was the cool image in the, this presentation? Well, let me just go back to the paragraph he said. Interesting, the music, he says. We knew it was going to be the music of Disney because we saw images of things like Hercules and, and Moana. But what I liked, how he said um, that... Um, that it would be interpreted by a diverse group of artists from around the world. That gives me a much better sense of a more world showcase type theming, an international theming, and not just an orchestral piece that would be playing. So I'm very excited to, to hear the soundtrack of this new attraction. But also very cool was this show element, this display element, and it's a circular element. It's the centerpiece element. And if you study the image, take a look at the construction worker with an orange vest at the bottom of this thing. This thing is huge. This thing is, from what I sense, three to four times the height of the ball that was in Illuminations, uh, and which I knew was a big issue because the Illuminations ball always did seem distant. That plus other, uh, I think, four other barges that make up this, this is going to be... This is going to be an impressive show when it comes comes out. Now, Josh shared a lot of news about Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, the hotel that is coming um, to Walt Disney World. And, uh, and that's a pretty exciting quote. In a galaxy far, far away, progress continues on Star Wars Galaxy Star Cruiser, where guests will live aboard a starship for a two-day, two-night experience. Unlike any typical cruise, though, you can become the heroes of your own Star Wars story in a new type of immersive experience that only Disney could create. Guests will cruise the galaxy in style aboard the Halcyon, known for its impeccable service and exotic destinations. On board, you'll stay in well-appointed cabins, experience onboard dining, make a planet-side excursion to Black Spire Outpost on Batu, and much more. And a quote, we see a construction photo of the outside of the resort where you enter um, to go, quote-unquote, up to space. 
Um, but what is really cool is these images they've shown of the actual cabins. Now, the cabins in these new Star Wars, this Star Wars themed hotel, uh, look more like futuristic Disney cruise cabins than they do like, than they look like contemporary resort rooms. These seem small. Um, and there are two sizes of cabins. Um, two classes of rooms will be available, a regular size cabin and then a larger cabins, captain's quarters cabin, kind of a first class cabin. About, uh, each floor is gonna have 32 regular cabins and two first class cabins. What's really cool, there's a couple of cool things you see in these images. One is that there is, um, there is a screen monitor, which would look like your TV, but it's got a lot of space stuff going on it, you know, instrumentation. I assume you play some of the activities in there, but also you have this, instead of a window outside your hotel, you have this portal that looks deep into space. And, uh, and that looks very promising. Also very cool. I wish I were a kid again, because they have these, these built-in units um, kind of a bunk bed unit for kids to climb into and, and sleep. In fact, they have a view from one of those bunk beds. It's really, it's really kind of cool. Um, not sure people are projecting the price point it, um, which is expensive, but I'm not going to quote that because I, you know, nothing's done until you actually see until Disney makes an announcement on that. What Disney did do, um, and final thing I wanted to make note of was the Princess and the Frog makeover to Splash Mountain. Um, the reimagining of this attraction was the focal point of Josh's message that Disney would add inclusion to its four legendary keys of safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency. I've done a podcast on each one of those four keys and will be doing a podcast in the, in the weeks to come on inclusion. He noted that the forthcoming attraction would be expedited to ensure that all who visit the company's parks do feel welcome. What does expedited look like? Hmm. Usually Splash Mountain goes down at, usually it goes down in the winter. So could it conceivably go down this winter? Um, it might, and it might never come back up. That's a possibility. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think they still have another year of design before they start installment and, re and redoing. I don't think they're that far along. I think they still need more time. And so it may be the following winter when it goes down, when they pull it down. Possibly if expedited means something, maybe what they'll do is they'll keep running it through the winter and then at some point in 21, it'll go down. Again, we've got the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. It's hard to say that this is gonna, um, they're gonna wanna pull it down, maybe as evidence that they're expediting it, that they will do it to Disneyland first, and then to Walt Disney World as it comes off of its anniversary. That would be a more practical approach. He says, by the way, we want to make sure that we're focusing on inclusivity for our guests as well. So we've chosen to speed up some of the work that we have been developing to make sure that our parks remain relevant and welcoming to our guests. Um, so more to come on that. 
I would say if Splash Mountain matters, you need to go out and visit it and see it um, before it goes away. But I don't think, I, I think Walt Disney World's version, Magic Kingdom's version, will still be here for the better part of another year. But who knows? Uh, by the way, there was no conversation, no apparent images for Tron, which some have also projected will not happen for 21. I, I just have a hard time believing that to be the case. I see the progress going on. It, it's been going on for some time. I can't help but think that at least somewhere during the 50th anniversary would show up, if not on opening day of the 50th anniversary. I still think it's on track for that. Josh did say that a future presentation would outline plans for Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary and that those plans were, were, were sizable. Um, this is not just getting us through another, this is intended to be a major event. And fortunate, hopefully and fortunately, if vaccines come in play and they can, by October of next year, we can see a very big, robust change in Disney as, as things come back on board. Let's go to Disneyland um, and talk about many of the things going on there because they've got things happening there as well. So Josh spoke of the Worldwide Engineering Brigade, also known as WEB, which will house the Web Slingers. It's a Spider-Man adventure in which guests will be able to board vehicles and help Spider-Man fight against an army of Spider-Bots taking over the Avenger campus. Images of the exterior were shown. I was a little surprised that it didn't seem as far along, but then again, images of the interior and the ride vehicles were shown, including video footage, and that was so cool. That looked like it was very much along. So, very exciting. I could see it coming aboard next summer. Um, but again, Disneyland's got to reopen. So, there in Lysa Dillon, we'll talk about that in a minute. Also shown in one of the video footages was the Quinjet being lowered onto what will be the attractions building for Marvel's effort to be Rise of the Resistance in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. This is an attraction that will be sometime before it opens. But um, but it's pretty exciting what's, what's going to be coming here. It should be noted, by the way, that Josh shared his presentation to IAPA from the exterior balcony entrance um, to the Hyperion. That gave a glimpse of the work being done on the Avengers campus in the distance uh, with the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Tower in the background as well. They also showed images of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which I just thought a couple of months ago they showed the first beam going up. Now it looks like the whole structure. There, This seems to be an expedited attraction as well for Disneyland and seems to be moving along quickly like uh, and there's still, last we heard was a 23 opening, but who knows? Who knows when that will occur? We also saw an image for the new Disneyland Hotel DVC Tower, and uh, that looks impressive. No question. This is, this is one of those things where the hotels, especially when you have reduced occupancy, it's, it's hard to imagine being... Um, bullish on building more hotel rooms when you're at partial occupancy right now. But I think they really feel like this Star Wars hotel is going to be a sellout and and will be a will make a bigger margin on hotel rooms than anything that they have ever done in hotel rooms. And I think everyone agrees that 
the hunger for Disney Vacation Club rooms at Disneyland is huge and that this thing will sell out um, within seconds after it is made available on the on the market. Uh, the, the final thing I want to mention about Disneyland before we move to the international parks, and this was important and was mentioned in last week's presentation, even though the state of California will not allow the theme parks to open, Disney California Adventure will open Buena Vista Street on November 19th in just a couple of days and will extend the downtown, uh, extend the space, uh, the pedestrian space from the downtown Disney district at the Disneyland Resort. Um, we will be actually doing a podcast in a couple of days that centers around the magic of that section of the park. So stay tuned. If, you're, uh, if you love Disney California Adventure, you're going to love this uh, little podcast that we have that uh, shares some of the, the theming and details and magic of that. Off to Disneyland Paris, where they showed images, didn't talk a lot about it, but showed images of construction changes being made to tie the cars, um, the Dynaco truck, um, oil truck, into the Catastrophe Canyon portion of the backstage attraction tour at Walt Disney Studios Paris. That is well underway, under construction. They showed images of photos of construction underway on the Marvel campus being built for that same Walt Disney Studios uh, Paris Park. Uh, if you'll remember, there was an Armageddon attraction that's been pulled aside. Rock and Roller Coaster is being rethemed. I want to say to Hulk, um, there's, there's a lot of exciting things going on there. And also, guests at Disneyland Paris will be able to experience the art of Marvel celebrating 80 years of Marvel storytelling in a typical New York setting with Disney's Hotel New York. This really looks promising. Um, I've stayed several times in the Hotel New York, and even back then it felt dated. To see this kind of change and to see it overlaid with Marvel, I think it's going to make this a very popular uh, hotel resort, which already had done very well. Out to Tokyo Disneyland, of course, there were new attractions based on Beauty and the Beast and Big Hero 6 and new mini uh, meet and greet interactive experience in Toontown. That's already been made to Tokyo Disneyland, which was their largest expansion in that park. But now uh, they showcased an image of Tokyo Disney Sea and talked about its largest expansion in its um, history, which will include Fantasy Springs, which is a new themed land inspired by Disney animation films, uh, Frozen, Tangled, and Peter Pan. This will include four new attractions, three restaurants, and a premium Disney themed hotel situated inside Tokyo Disney Sea, overlooking the park. I will tell you, you will not be able to get a room because it will be so popular. Um, what was not mentioned was they're also redoing a former hotel in the kind of the hotel row that they have, where there's a Sheraton Hilton. There's taking an older hotel and redoing it to Toy Story. So things are happening at Tokyo Disney, and it's a, it's really a, quite amazing. Over to Hong Kong Disney, the opening of the Castle of Magical Dreams uh, this week kicks off the 25th anniversary of Hong Kong Disneyland. And the castle does look beautiful. And Josh talked about how 
how poetic it really kind of was that this tower was built on the legacy of Walt Disney's original Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland. It has tied it together. I was more of a critic, but I'm excited to finally see that in person. And hopefully that won't be too long. Shanghai Disneyland will also celebrate an anniversary this year. It will be five years old and will celebrate its anniversary um, as well. The resort is currently working on Zootopia, the park's eight theme land and the first of any Disney park to be based on that popular film. I think this is an interesting attraction. There's not been a lot said about what resides in the attraction. The picture shown of the construction building is a sizable uh, building. And mind you, next, not far from it is Pirates of the Caribbean, which is considered to be the largest show building of any Disney theme park anywhere in the world. This one seems to be in that same uh, category. It's a sizable building that is approachable, seems approachable from um, kind of between uh, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Ride and the Winnie the Pooh section. And the show building actually reminds me in size of It's a Small World, which is interesting because this is the one Magic Kingdom style park that actually doesn't have that attraction. And so I, I just wondered in my mind, it could be a thrill attraction, it could be something much more, it wouldn't be a bad thing to have a boat attraction. There's really only one, well, there's two boats attraction. There is another boat attraction in, um, in a Voyage of the Crystal Grotto in Fantasyland. So this would be a second one, but this would be an indoor. What would it be like to visit the biodomes of Zootopia in the same way you visit the the land or the the continents found in It's a Small World? Only you found these humorous little vignettes of the different animals and how they interact within their biodome. That, to me, seems like a very cool thing. I don't know if it needs to be a boat or a ride vehicle. Needs to handle a lot of people. Needs to be able to accommodate people when they've got these hot, humid days in the parks. I'm, I'm just saying I'm interested to see what comes of that. Uh, so we've covered all the parks worldwide. What we haven't covered is the Disney Cruise Line. Now, they talked about this last week. Uh, new guidelines from the CDC are very thorough, they said. They offer high hurdles, is what they said. Uh, that may delay getting the ships out the gate. Of course, we already announced that, and we did a great podcast on what it might look like when it reopens, um, what that experience might be like in a post-COVID uh, experience. Um, Disney talks about having an opportunity to create a bubble on each ship. Um What's interesting is that um, they talk about the fact that demand on the back half of 2021 and 22 is very strong in terms of reservations. For them, that suggests that there is demand for that new ship to come the summer of 22, which is what it has been announced for. And they also said that those ships would be followed by others in 24 and 25. So all three ships, they're underway. 
Um, they are still on the horizon. They are being very bullish about the cruising industry and thinking that people really want to do this. So why not make it available? And so that's the very, very good news uh, from the cruise line uh, corner. In short, the future, Josh ended his remarks at IAPA by sharing the following, and I think this just sums up where Disney's at right now. Quote, in the world that we find ourselves in today, optimism, innovation, and courage, they will ultimately win the day. With the emboldened spirit that comes from the challenges of the COVID crisis, with the hope and optimism that our brand captures even in the toughest of times. Let's ask ourselves, why not take our guests to the moon or bring the moon to our guests? Why not dream as big as possible and challenge the very meaning of the word impossible? That to me inspires and that to me suggests leadership that is needed at Disney and frankly needed everywhere in any organization. And so what I offer for you today is souvenirs for you to take home. Um, as you've heard all these announcements, as you've seen how Disney is moving through these very difficult times, ask yourself these questions. How have you persisted through hard times like these. How are you defying the impossible? How are you staying positive and optimistic during these times? How could innovation help you break away from your competitors? Is now the time to dream in new ways you haven't done before? Don't look at this as a blackout period, as a moment where nothing got done. Look at this as a window of opportunity to do new things you haven't done before. That's the power, that's the spirit of Disney, and that's the spirit that you can bring back into your own situation, your own organization, your own work life, your own family, your own day-to-day -day experience, your own very being. See the possibilities emerge as we move forward to new horizons. Well, thank you for joining us for this Disney at Work podcast. Our Disney at Play and Disney at Work podcasts are designed to bring the very best of Disney into your life and to provide insights you can't get elsewhere. So please make sure that you subscribe. And if you like these podcasts, please, oh, please go to, go to iTunes. Just a little good rating would help us. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a need to send this message out to others. And given the way they all do the science of, you know, when you type in Disney on a podcast, it don't, it's not gonna come up for Disney at work and Disney at play if there aren't more people rating this podcast. So please do me a favor, go ahead and give a nice rating if you really like it. A good review would be so greatly appreciated. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube, J. Jeff Covert. There's so much to share, so much to do. We want you to be a part of it. Again, in the words of Sinbad, storybook voyage. No matter whether the good times are there or the hard times, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We will see you real soon.